to do, by the way. You know what I'm listening to right now? I'm listening to Jordan Belford's The Wolf of no Wall way. Street. I'm listening to it. I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host. And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually. Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together for 10 years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teaches people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it, and it was so fun. But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations, motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money and marketing. We are inviting you to continue this journey with us and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmundsense at gmail.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channels. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready? Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. Well, we're going to carry on this conversation because we, were, we last episode we were talking about monster prospecting. Uh, and there's this uh, very interesting conversation about when should you start calling people and, and like how much research should you do and um, like should you just get after it or should you plan, 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 plan. And I think that you and I fall on different sides of this in some ways. In some ways. In some ways. And then there's some things we agree I mean, on. There's the right way and then but there's your way. But I should effectively <laughs> welcome you first back to Sigmund Sense. And welcome. so uh, what we're going to talk about today is what what most salespeople would argue is an important step, which is prior preparation, uh, preparation prior to first contact. Let's just say it that way. Okay. Preparation prior to first contact. So are you saying first contact is when you call them on the phone? Yeah. Or like, when you meet them? Uh, yes and yes. So this is where there's going to be, in my opinion, something that a, a single book and a single author or a single podcast is not going to be correct for every industry, right? Totally. I think this is industry specific, right? When you're talking about a $100,000 medical sale, please be prepared, <laughs> right? When you're right. talking about trying yeah. to get to know somebody in a relationship sale, insurance, financial planning, I don't think you need a ton of upfront uh, work done right. um, like or a potential referring partners. Right. You know, the, I think it's, it's you know, birds of a feather fly together and you right. want to have as many contacts as possible without thinking about it. Just find out people that you like that there might be an opportunity to, right. to grow and make money together, right? So I really want to unravel this a little bit because, so I, I coach people in my industry, right? Realtors and lenders. And one thing that, that I see is so, so, so many realtors and lenders like spend, they just joined the industry, right? And they spend the first six months thinking about what they're going to think about, training on what they think they're going to think <laughs> about saying, start creating their listing packages and their buyer's packages. Yeah. Uh, try to figure out like what they're going to possibly say to a divorce attorney or a realtor to get them to send them business. And they literally leave the business because <laughs> they're guess what? Six months of no paycheck and a commission job just doesn't work. Yeah. So they're getting ready to for get ready. those people, like I literally think, yes, you need to understand what it is you're selling. So there's gotta be some preparation about what are the value propositions, what is it that you offer, what's good scripting to under like that you can we which we'll talk in a different episode about modeling masters, 
Like there's certainly some preparation some in preparation. that side. Like sure. no one wants to waste their time talking to somebody that doesn't know what they are doing. Or doesn't seem prepared. I mean, that's right. Absolutely. Seeming unprepared is, is also unprofessional. Oh, I love that. Yep. So I think there's a, I think there's different degrees of, of preparation too. Is, you yep. know, if it's in a prospecting sense, like there are things about the business you need to be prepared for. Yep. Like, what do you, you know, do you know the product? Do you know the, if you're going to go on a listing product service? Are you, yeah. Yep. Are you the needs of the, the client. Yeah. Right. Those things are, are prepared. Um, Competition the, is one too. Yes. And then there's, but there's also the other side, which is preparation for the actual prospect. Right. right. And so that's where I think, you know, just defining the two, because I think they are different and sometimes they get lumped together. And I think the preparation looks different in both areas. Yeah. So let's first talk about for a service and a relationship based sale, right? Like a one-on-one, like, like I said, for real estate, for lending, for financial planning, things like that, uh, or just trying to meet a referring partner. Um, to me, I think that all you have to have in preparation is competency in what you do or what it is that you like, you need to train long enough Mm-hmm. with somebody that knows somebody. What, or have the support system behind you of somebody that you can get the answer from quickly. Yes. So you don't have to know everything about the product. You don't know, have to know every in and out of the service. You know, you're a perfect example. I'm a perfect You're example not a loan that. officer, but you right. sell on sending leads to the team. Right? right. So in that area, it's understanding, well, what exactly is it that we do? What is it exactly that we don't do? Mm-hmm. Understanding that piece too. Like, we do residential real estate loans. We don't do commercial real estate right. loans. We don't do construction real estate loans. Um, but what we do really well is one to four family residential loans in the state of Texas. Right. Like we do them in all of Texas, not just... And refinances. Yeah, and refinances. So uh, the fact that you are able to articulate that quickly and yeah. accurately and know what we do and what we do well is important because when somebody says, well, can you do this and you don't know... Well, there's the loss of trust very early in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So that preparation is super important. Understanding the process. The process is Preparation huge. about understanding like what step one, step two, right. step three, step four to the sale is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's a good starting step for a relationship? What's a great starting step to uh, a, a referral? What would it look like to a referral if it, if it came to our team walking them through step one, two, And I three? think that's really powerful. And I think it can be, I, my feeling is that it's probably missed often when, yep. when in, in all types of sales is explaining and selling the process because getting a new client, landing the sale, so much of that boils down to trust. And when you can tell people what to expect, that trust starts to form and they also feel more comfortable either if they're making a change in our world, like if they have a lender that they work with and have worked with, it is uncomfortable to make that change. And you know, whether, whether they're they're still in good standing with the, with the lender or they've messed up and things are going, going bad and they need to move. It's always uncomfortable. So explaining the process is huge. And that is that is a selling point. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people miss that. Mm-hmm. Like just talk through what happens first. Absolutely. What happens first? What happens second? Yeah. I think that that's uh, a, a great way to kind of start this episode because, um, you know, how long does that take? It's going to be different for every industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally think that in our industry, in a matter of three months, you can get a good feeling in real estate or lending by going to, if you're in real estate, there's lots of classes that you can go to and, and same thing in lending or working within a good team. 
to at least learn the language. Like, I think that's a great way to say it is learning the language that is a good of what you're it. doing. Like, please tell me you can spell mortgage when you're selling mortgages. Right. 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 Um, and please tell me that you understand the basics of the real estate contract. I was going to say contract real- buyer. Right. Buyer's agent, right? Seller, <laughs> seller's agent, right? And uh, I say it that way because I've had escrow reps. company, like basic stuff. Because I, you know, we've hired reps that have not purchased a home in the past. You know, it's like they haven't purchased a home. Yep. You haven't purchased a home. Why would you like? Why would we expect you to know the ins and outs? Right. Yep. And there's a lot of moving pieces in real estate, and yep. so it's you're, really interesting. And, and, and I, I would also argue that the uh, the longer the training process, if it can be supported by with with salaries, right, mm-hmm. the better the salesperson is, eventually, right. So yep. I work for a company called the Core as well. It's Core Training. They've got these concierge, client concierge, mm-hmm. and their job is literally just to be able to get any resource for the people that they're they're uh, in the coaching program at the drop of the hat. I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's just like, it's fabulous. It's unbelievable it what really they is. do, right? Uh, one thing I found out about them is that the, what they train the when they hire somebody, that person is not allowed to talk to a client for six months. Wow. Whereas most training in sales is here's your desk, here's your phone, good luck, right? <laughs> That's what mine looked like. Right. <laughs> actually, I, was, I, actually, I didn't even know what I was supposed to do. Not with you. Yeah. This is. <laughs> my first still sales job i literally sat down on my first day and i'm like i have no idea what my job is <laughs> no clue wonderful? literally no clue yeah, like, so take, no, if you own a company if you lead a sales team like please understand that the quality of your sales people starts with your training <laughs> your it's your <laughs> fault if they are shitty salespeople in a year <laughs> if they were brand new to the industry it's your fault it's your so fault. work on training <laughs> but so, so <clears throat> excuse me so from a preparation perspective that's where i would start is uh do you have adequate training to be uh competent at your job. You don't have to be exceptional, competent because there's nothing in sales that trains you faster than stepping on a landmine. That is the truth. Like you're going to make mistakes as if you're an owner, like let your people, let your children make mistakes. Um, let your child touch the hot wire. If they're on a farm, (laughs) they won't touch the hot wire again. It's just the truth. So if you don't let people make the mistakes, like I, I recognize that one of the reasons why I'm pretty good at what I do is that I've just in 19 years have just made a lot of mistakes <laughs> um, and fewer and fewer. And I remember what I did so I don't make the same yeah. mistake again. That's a but huge that's, point. Don't continue making the right. same mistakes because that's just annoying. Yep. <laughs> you learn from it. Um, but so that's a big piece of yeah, it. Now on it the is. flip side, if you're a seasoned salesperson, you have to look at who you're pitching mm-hmm. because you might only get one opportunity, one pitch. Yes. It might take... Like when you're, when you're a, I'll just use our industry because it's relevant right now. If I want to work with a builder and that builder kicks off a hundred houses a month and that builder's clearly got a great lender relationship or they wouldn't be doing a hundred units a month. They will tell me no for a meeting for six months, seven months, 13 months, three years. Mm -hmm. It's just the truth. So when you finally get the shot, the title I would spend a lot of extra time in preparation. So what does that yes. look like for that level of a meeting right. uh, down the road, right? Um, I'd say the first thing is is make sure that all parties are there. Like that are you have one, if you have one chance, this is not the time to like have half staff. Like, and you go by yourself, you bring the boss. I would bring, if it was me and I set it up, I would bring you, yep. I would bring... Justine, I would bring Chris, whoever we needed to bring yep. to 
answer everything that's yep. on the table. And I would encourage them to do the same thing. Yep. Who's going to be at this appointment? I don't want to waste anybody's time. Yep. You know, that's a big fear that, that prospects have is, I don't have the time for this. I don't have the, I'm not even sure I need your service. Right. So why would I waste a lot And time? if we assume that, you know, not, there's not a, not every salesperson is great, then they have been led to believe that it might, is going to be a waste of time because of past experiences, yep. people not getting to the point, not saying what they mean, not asking for the business, like yep. not addressing the real issue. Why are we doing this? Nobody has time for that. Yep. So, um, you know, making sure that you tee it up, get everybody there. So that way, one, it will expedite the process, yep. but two, we're not wasting any time. So here's where I think that preparation, you can kind of give yourself some bullet points and some do it better than others. Uh, and this is also another area that I know you and I have varied on. Like I know, for example, some people tell you, you need to Facebook stalk somebody and find out things you have in common. And um, you told me once that you're like, I don't actually like that because I don't want to come in with a preconceived notion. Right, right. right. So for example, if I'm a card carrying Republican that has a ranch, which I do, and I love hunting with my children, mm -hmm. then, and you hate guns and hate hunting, you don't want to come into that meeting or maybe not set the meeting because oh, I hate that guy. That's the thing, right? not pick up the phone at all. Right. You know, I Be mean, there's a lot that, that can stand in the way of some yep. really great business. And on the flip side, I don't know if I totally, like I like it, I like two things going into a meeting. I go into meetings pretty blind a lot and I'm okay with it yeah. because of being in the business so long. Right. But the two things I do want to know Give me a triangle for trust. Like, who do you know that I know? Right. So LinkedIn is an example that you can use to figure out who they're friends with that I might be friends with that I can get an extra yeah. connection. Past client experiences. If there's a, if somebody that has happened to use us both, that we were on the other side of a deal from one another. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a triangle for, so let me explain triangle for trust. Uh, triangle for trust is if Bryn, you know Justine and I know Justine, mm -hmm. The, and we like Justine and I find out that you and I both know the same person and we come in here and establish that, then you, must be we, cool you and I must trust each other, like each other and be cool too, because we are like yeah. the same people. Right. And most of the time that is so very true. There's only very few times that I've walked out going, why are they friends with her? Right. <laughs> you know, well, what's really interesting is like, where do your best friends come from? Right. I mean, your best friends come and where do your best employees come from? Mm -hmm. Your current sure. best employees who refer other people that are their friends and their yeah. sisters. And right? tying back to, you know, last episode about monster prospecting, you know, using your current existing clients to get more business in them telling you who to call. Yep. That becomes, uh, that is probably my favorite way of, of prospecting, honestly, yep. um, because it's, it, it's, it's just warmer and you're starting from a better location yep. and it's more efficient because you're not going to have to call them 35 times, leave messages, stalk them, hunt them down for a meeting and yep. then they reschedule four times. And then all the things that salespeople go through yep. when you have a warm referral, they're probably going to call you back if you have to leave a message and they're mm -hmm. going to set the appointment and they more than likely won't reschedule more than once, if at all, you yep. know, it's, it's just a, but to do that, you have to be asking a lot, you know, mm -hmm. they have to be sending you several people. Well, and then you can take it a step further because one and two tie together, the monster prospecting and the prior preparation. So I, I love movies. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie from the eighties called wall street and wall street had Michael Douglas in it. And he was this big, crazy, rich investor. And you've got this uh, new snide node brat. That's going to be a stockbroker. His name is Charlie Sheen. 
um, I haven't seen this. I need to watch it. You haven't seen this movie? Uh-uh. Oh, dude, it's it's a you good example of what not to do. By the way, you know what I'm listening to right now? I'm listening to Jordan Belford's The Wolf of no Wall way. Street. I'm listening to it. Yeah, so he's a crook, but he's got a lot of sales skills. So right, we can learn- it, yeah, it's his. I, I'm excited to hear his version yeah. of. So, anyways. Well, well so by the way, that's a good aside, by the way. So you can learn a lot about what to do from greats and also what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wolf of Wall Street has both, right? Like, ultimately, you know, skip the end, the dude goes to prison, right? Yeah, like, right. He's a crook. But Charlie Sheen is doesn't know this at the time, and he's fresh out of school, and he's, he's a, a budding financial planner. And, you know, when you start off at some of these firms, you they give you a list and you start at the bottom, the smallest people to call. Yeah. And I love that he just had the cojones to try to call the biggest guy out there who had the most money I to be an investor. It. And the guy doesn't return his call, doesn't return his call, doesn't re- return his call. So what Charlie Sheen starts doing is he starts dropping by the office and getting to know the secretary. And yeah. calling on the secretary, bring flowers secretary, bring chocolate secretary. And over a period of time, he ends up finding out when the when Michael Douglas's birthday is, and what his favorite I believe it's cigars. What his favorite cigars are. Mr. So what he, what he does is after a period of fifty days or something like that, hundred days, he shows up on his birthday with his favorite cigars prior preparation, you know, yeah. proper preparation. And finally, Michael Douglas says, "Dude, Dude. if you're this persistent, <laughs> I'll give you one shot. Sit down, right?" <laughs> yes. So you know when you think about, I had a, a realtor friend of mine that literally is trying to transition the commercial zone. And, you know, sometimes bigger producers in the area look down their nose at the brand new kid on the block, right? Mm-hmm. And he admittedly is a rookie to commercial. He's an expert at residential. Oops. He's getting better at commercial. And he wants to meet these two people because he's got a big buyer with big pockets, $100 million that they want to invest in San Antonio. Obviously, he wants to connect with these two big guys who are going to have listings that are going to be off market ahead of time, things like that, to best serve his client. And he literally asked me questions that Josh, um, what's the best way to get in front of him? And I talked about Wall Street. And I said, just keep calling every single day, right? Now, yes, you can tra- keep triangle for trusting. Yes, go ahead and do some snooping around. Yes, yeah. send him gifts. There's other things. But the preparation piece there is um, he knew who his biggest competitors were. Yeah. He knew where to go to, to because he's got this $100 million buy, you know, buyer that, that he can connect with. Um, so he did some research there. Yeah. He also knows a uh, one of his good friends is the niece of one of them that's been trying to connect him. So he's building them. So he's out the puzzle, like So he's doing all this preparation, but he's very clear about what the target is. Yeah. Now, when he gets that meeting, steps three through 10, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just told him, show up every single day. Get a sure, clean yes or day. clean no. But I'll tell you that um, where a lot of people get stuck in sales is not making the big call because they don't feel adequate. Totally. And totally. they'll stop there. It's an emotional issue. Um, but the I'll other tell you thing that, too is we tell, like, we tell ourselves that it's... What would they possibly want with me? What would they want with me? And why, if they're doing that well, surely they have all their vendors that they need. Of course. Of course. And they're all in great relationships. And the, I will never be able to break through that. Well, what I love about you saying that, and I want everyone to hear this loud and clear that's in sales, is if somebody's got a 10-year relationship with a whoever vendor that you are that you are and you want to be, the, and that means they've been saying no to everyone for 10 years, then if you can get that person, they're going to be loyal to you for a long time. Right. What I what I don't like is meeting with the, somebody that has three of the same person and they flip all the time because 
Yeah. You are just a commodity. Right. And you're not a partner. Right. At that for point. sure. And, you know, um, I think prospect or prospectors stay away from the big fish because they do assume that that they're in great relationship and that they get called on all the time. And a lot of times that is simply not the case because everybody else has that mentality. So nobody's calling them. Right. Yep, that's right. And so they've been, you know, sitting with the same vendors or using the same products forever. Um, there's a lot of salespeople that, you know, you kind of, they start to pay less attention to the people that are, you know, true and blue and customers forever. They're low maintenance. Mm -hmm. And so they're, it's a prime opportunity is the point, right? Their current mm -hmm. vendors may not be servicing them at all. Right. Um, just on a maintenance plan. So you can go in and show them what they've been missing. Right. So there's a lot of, you know, yep. a lot of different ways to spin it, but we also, there's a lot of self-talk. Oh, for sure. So much self-talk. Well, and you know, confidence demonstrates competence too. Yeah. So if you if you go in with a negative connotation or you don't feel like you're worthy, then you're not going to get the business, right? So. So what would you say to someone that? Well, I don't. You know, so you're a salesperson. You're going to call on the biggest fish in town in your industry, right? And you have all these assumptions that you know they have a great uh, vendor, they know that they're happy that you know that they're not looking to make a change. Right. So how do you handle <laughs> that? The number one way to overcome an objection is say it first. Get that one right. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What? I don't the, know. Let me say that again. The number one way to overcome an objection is to say it first. Say it first. So if I know that you are happy, you I know that you have a great relationship with your boss, I know that you're well compensated, I know that uh, that you're too busy, then I would literally say that in the first conversation. I'd say, hey, Bryn, listen, I know that you're not looking for a job. I know that you have a great relationship with your boss. I know that uh, that you're well compensated and you really don't have any time to meet with me. But <laughs> at some point, one day, three years, five years, 10 years from now, I'm sure that, uh, that, that your boss will die or retire. And when that happens, I want you to call me first. You so go. you're not going to call me first if you don't know me. All I want to <laughs> do is buy you coffee. The reason I want to buy you coffee is because I just want to get to know you just so yeah. that you know one day, someday that I'm the first call. Is that okay if I buy you a cup of coffee? Yes, absolutely. In fact, <laughs> I hate my boss and I'm looking to move. Aren't you glad you called? Just kidding. You never know what they're going to so, say, but yeah, exactly. But yeah, say it first. So, and that's an objection thing we'll talk about later in, in sales skills, right? But it really just goes back to with this prospect. So by the way, did that rat off my tongue a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, it's because I might have said it a thousand times over yeah. my career. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I say that uh, as a preparation point is I was taught years ago that script I always taught years ago that assumption is is something that you can beat by, by saying it first. And I teach my people to do the same thing, right? Yeah. So that's a part of preparation. So if I were to give you a top five of preparation when it comes to just getting prepared to make a call, and this is going to be for the not selling a million dollar deal, right? Not meaning a million dollar uh, product, right? This is a relationship sale. Relationship sale. sale. Yep. Okay. I would say, uh, number one, know what your top four objections are to why they're not going to meet for the first meeting. Because, because, because they will say no. Remember say from, no. from last episode. They're going to say no. They don't, and right, when they, they say no, say it's okay. You just it's overcome okay. the objection and close again, right? So understanding and learning and, and being taught what script-wise what, what to say when they say no because they're going to say no would be rule number one for preparation. Number two is be really clear about what you, what you can, if, from a service perspective, what you can do and what you can't do, what where you do where you do fill in the box and where you don't, 
equally very important. Number three, understand your value proposition. This is something that is worked on for years, mm-hmm. uh, but it can be taught by whoever's the number one person in your office or in the industry just by asking like, hey, out of curiosity, what's the value proposition? Which is um, essentially why you. Yeah, why you. Like why Every you? client's asking why you, why, whether they yeah. ask directly why you or not. But remember I said in the last episode, what you've got to figure out, the three things that you've got to convince a client before they'll close with you is, is number one, that there is a problem. Yeah. Number two, that you are best suited to solve the problem. And number three is that they like you. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that means pointing out a problem that they didn't even know they had. Right. Absolutely. Like you have to find it. You have to tell them. Right. Um, uh, yes. And that's going to be through active listing, which we'll get to for sure. But if you don't have a value proposition, if you can't clearly articulate uh, why you and and, uh, and what it's going to do for them, then it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Right. So pre- preparation there is, a, is a, another one. Fourth part of preparation is creating lists. Right. Like yeah. having one part of why people don't prospect or don't do well in sales yeah. is when they finally sit down because they have nothing to do <laughs> to and they're like, shit, I have nothing in the books. I need to prospect. Right. They literally don't know who to call. Who to call. And uh, so creating those lists is a great point of preparation. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Uh, the people ideally, as you have a mature business, you're going to call your existing clientele, your past clientele, your existing referring partners. Those are great lists to prospect for new leads, right? But the other people are, who do I want to develop? So an example is what we call a whale list, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, our our business and most businesses are made up of 10 people give you 90, or 10% gives you 90% of your business, but 90% gives you 10% of your business. So the onesies, twosies do add up. And so you don't, uh, you certainly love them, appreciate them, respect yes. them for sure, right? But we have the top 10. And if we don't, we need to pursue some top 10. So that yes. whale list are people that are needle movers, right? So if I could actually land this builder, if I could right. actually land this number one real estate team in San Antonio, if I could actually blank, then it would be a huge deal right. for my business, right? If you don't constantly, because remember, those are usually the longest to develop into a relationship because they typically have a relationship already. So having that list of five to 40 that you're going to constantly drip on over time is super, super important. So that's a prospecting, or that's another list. And I'll take it one step further, making that list readily available. That was what I was going to say if you didn't. Um, yeah. You know, the idea is that these are at the ready all the time. So whenever you have a minute, like somebody's late to an appointment or or you're driving down the road, like right. you have the opportunity to call these, you don't have to think. Right. So, you know, having Google Docs on your phone, like, and being able to to pull those out readily, that's great. Um or printing them. I mean, print them and keep them in your freaking car. Yep. Like they need to be with you. You're a salesperson. You yep. need your prospecting lists. <laughs> yep. And so I think that's the fourth one. And the fifth one for me is, is, and it's not like my personality doesn't have room for this, but I understand the importance of it for most personalities is some sort of collateral or follow-up plan, right? Yeah. Like if you're, if you like, uh, what I mean by that is remember, professionalism does come through, you know, people always say dress for the job you want. Right. Um, but when I think in terms of, okay, I find, I get this guy on the phone that I didn't think was answer the phone that I didn't think I belonged in the room for. And I actually set the appointment. What's next? Well, having that follow-up preparation already laid out as far as the second I hang up, I'm going to send a confirmation email invite for my calendar. So it's on the phone. I'm going to send an email with my, um, uh, testimonials from other people that have used me. I'm going to go ahead and send you the next steps or, uh, or the FAQs 
right? The frequently asked, asked questions. Um, I'm going to, uh, you know, make sure that I have that on my calendar. I have adequate time to get there and get back to my next appointment. All those things like one, two, three, four, five, and even adding it into your database now because they're moving from a prospect to a warm yeah, lead. Absolutely, absolutely. Like it should move lists. It's not just another person. Now it's, oh my now God, they said yes. What's next? Right. Those things need to be thought out in advance to, to move the needle towards sales. Yes. And I want to hone in on two things that you said that I want to make sure everybody hears loud and clear. Um, at making a calendar appointment and inviting them to it is a huge win yeah. and missed all the time. Oh, yeah, you're, you said you're going to meet me at five o'clock at Starbucks next Thursday, right? And you're assuming that they have the same calendaring mentality and thoughts as you do. Well, that is not the case, my friends. And you are the not a priority on their in their world yet, yep. right? The idea is that you become one, yep. but you're not there yet. Yep. And they will forget about you and they will stand you up and you will feel like shit and you will think you suck and it's not your fault. That's right. So make a calendar and invite them to it. They have to accept it. Now it's at least on there. It's they've had to, you know, actively do something to engage that appointment and confirm it. Um, the next one um, that I want to talk about is the confirmation. So it's the, it's all about the wording. So many people say, Hey, are you still good? to meet tomorrow at five. Yep. It's, I will see you tomorrow at five. The, the end assumption of, closed. The yeah. assu it's, it leaves little room. Don't, like, I, don't, if you close the deal and then you ask the question later, you're giving them the opportunity to say no. And again. they will. And they will because it's taking time out of their busy calendar yep. for someone that they, that they're, they don't, they don't even know yet. They don't know you. They don't know what to expect. That is so easy to blow off. Mm -hmm. So, I will see you at five o'clock is assuming that yep. they're going to honor their commitment. Yep. Right. Because, and it's also reminding them if they didn't actually see the calendar invite or whatever. So yep. those are two huge. And things. I'll take it uh, one step further uh, just because this is a big thorn on my side. And, and I don't think people are bold enough to level up when they are stood up. Right. So if you actually set that appointment, if you actually have a follow-up uh, email and they confirm the appointment, and then you show up and they're not there, oh I promise you that you need to level up immediately and put them in their place professionally or you will always be walked on in that relationship and it'll never work. So if I show up at a, at a set meeting and I'm there for past 10 or 15 minutes, I'm calling for sure. Mm -hmm. And the, what I start <laughs> with, you, you've, heard, you've heard me do this before. <laughs> I always start with first is, hey, uh, I'm sitting here at Starbucks. You got your Starbucks, you know, I've got your coffee waiting for you. Just want to make oh, sure that's that you're, another great trick I, 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 I want to make sure that you're close. Right. And of course they go straight to voicemail because they're like, oh shit, I forgot. And then you call as long. And by the way, while I'm sitting there, I'm not playing on my freaking phone. I'm calling my call list because I was prepared for these idiots. Yes. They're going to not show up. Right. <laughs> so I'll literally, I've got literally hyperlinked. Yeah. Hyperlinked numbers yeah. in my phone. Just keep on calling and keep on talking because I want to take advantage of the time that I've got. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm about fed up, you know, 30 minutes into an hour appointment, I'll call and say, I usually will say something like, I'm super worried about you. I'm I just so want to make worried. sure that you're not in a hospital somewhere. Call me back. Otherwise, I'll check in with your broker. Right. <laughs> and the, the if broker is That's for real right. estate, obviously. That's and it's, right. it's like you'll prompt a phone call. Yeah. Um, and so when they, if, and when they do call back, cause they're mortified and, or they don't <laughs> want you to call their boss, then what you, what you, what I will typically finish up with is the next appointment for sure will be at my office. Absolutely. You're coming to me. Yeah. Right. 
And the reason is, is that um, I understand I have missed appointments. I have screwed up. I will absolutely give grace. But you it's never okay. stood anybody up, have you? Um, I'm sure. I'm, Unintentional. I, I assume, Unintentionally. I, I assume I have at some point accidentally. I assume I screwed up on my calendar at some point, yes. I, I would never say that I've never. And I've certainly been Tim, it's late. Certainly. Oh, that, right. This we know, Josh. Right. So <laughs> my point is, is like from a grace perspective, yeah. it's owed. I, I, yeah. I cannot Good judge. Good point. Good point. But, but I also think that it is okay to level up in that case yeah. and say, look, dude, Stand the next appointment, you confirm on the phone. Hey, do you have a smartphone? Yes. <laughs> is it in your hand? Perfect. Can you meet me tomorrow at my office at 10 o'clock? Like, here's the address. Here's the time. Do you want me to send you another confirmation email? Yeah. And you set, the, you set yeah. the next appointment. But, um, you know, the, you know, well, being bold is super important in those situations. It is. Because otherwise you'll chase your tail and you'll find out over the fifth stand up that this is not somebody you want to work with. They have zero it's respect. It's not. But also you have to know that you don't deserve that either. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially if you're having value do, in yourself. Yeah. And especially if you're doing these things and you're being responsible with yep. setting stuff up and the follow up system and, you know, you don't deserve that. What's well, a lack of professionalism on their side? It is. So what kind of clientele right. or like, what's that going to be like to work with? Exactly. Um, I, a little tip too, uh, if you're going to be meeting somebody for coffee. So when mm. you're confirming, it's I'll see you at three o'clock with your cappuccino or what, what, do you, what, what would you like me to order? What do you want me to order you? Um, cause now they're a real dick if they don't show up yep. <laughs> cause you're well, sitting there with their the coffee. Best cl- closes <laughs> is an obligation close, right? Yes. Like I, don't make me show up over there and buy you stuff and just not be there. Like that's a jerk move. Right. And if they, and I gotta be honest, if somebody did that, did that to me, I wouldn't even call them. I'd be like delete from my, like, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> Funny. so pissed. Well, um, I hope this helps you uh, on what it looks like to be prepared. Be and prepared. I, all this is, is what we talked about, at least the five steps, you can for sure learn in 30 to 60 days depending on the service yeah. or product industry you're in. Um, obviously not medical sales, medical right. device sales. Uh, the time frame and training might be longer, but you want to minimize that time and get out there and start firing bullets. Because Absolutely. Remember, step one is, step one, step one is, more leads than you can handle, more calls than the next right. person. So don't over prepare, overthink, overstructure, yep. overcreate, which and never get around to making the calls. Yeah. But yes, you need do need to have some level of professionalism and prepare preparedness. And from here, we move on to uh, something called modeling the masters, right? Like, yeah. you know, from here, uh, probably a portion of this uh, when you're preparing, what should be around that. But there's somebody for sure that is the best in your industry. And what I've learned about people that are the best in their industry, somebody helped them too. And so they're actually more willing to help you than you think. And we'll talk about that next time on Sigmund Sense. So in the meantime... Yeah, in the meantime, if y'all, um, if you have questions, if you have comments, we love all of that. Um, so you can send questions to sigmundsense at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And, and like and subscribe iTunes. and share. All, all the, the things. And click, make make us trending. Let's, we want to start trending, right? And not, yeah, and, and we want to be able to say that it's not just busy trending. Like we actually want to trend, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Next funny. time, guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>